0: Hello and welcome to What Happens in Vegas. I'm your host, Laura Rizzuto, and together with the help of my incredible guests, we will explore all that is possible when we acknowledge our humanness and harness the power of our nervous system, mind and spirit. I am so excited to share this episode with you, so let's dive straight in, shall we? we're just dancing in the background waiting for this to come online. (laughs) But we're welcoming Peter to the podcast today, aka Professional Babe. Hello. Hello, you babe. How are you? I'm fabulous. We're just sitting here reminiscing about... So I've got an Italian background and I I was saying to Peter that I don't... Her last name's and I know that's Greek, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's Greek. That side of the family, yeah. And I've never actually... Thought of you as being Greek. And then we were just reminiscing about school lunches back in the day, like being sent to school with antipasto platter sandwiches and what that was like. <laughs> yeah, and you don't
1: realize I was I was saying, I was saying before, I was like looking back and how I was sent to school with like a pastrami sandwich and just this real, like strange assortment of lunch food. And I thought it was strange because like my friend next to me would have like this little bag of chips. And I was saying to mum, why God, I have chips. And she's like, who wouldn't want a pastrami sandwich, like on rye? Like, what's wrong with you?
0: <laughs> I remember the moment when it changed when I was in high school. I used to get like, ew, what do you breathe? That's so disgusting. And then all of a sudden, like, wog food, I can say that, right? Like, it was like <laughs> that, became, that became trendy. It was like in vogue and people wanted what I was eating. They were all like, ooh. What? And I was like, when did this change? <laughs> I'm so confused
1: (laughs) yeah I know I'm so grateful though like I'm I have a friend I love her dearly but her like diet is very like white and I love white food but you know what I love more knowing that I can go to the fridge and pull out some olives with a fork and that for me is like a snack
0: I was (laughs) gonna say olives like when you said you know what I want more I was like olives oh my god they're amazing
1: they're so like they're like Maltesers to me like, I won't have one. I'm like, just why, why are you portioning this out? Like a jar is a portion.
0: Okay, so if you were an olive, what olive would you be? Oh,
1: I like the green ones, like the green ones that taste like a little bit buttery. But because I love them, they need to be like pitted because I have no time to like kind of get around the pit. Like I want to eat them like popcorn. Like okay. they're in my mouth and I'm consuming them at a rapid rate like indigestion is inevitable.
0: Anything in my way, like
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so get get that little pit out of there. Like I have that has no business in my mouth.
0: Uh, so looking at your cuz so Peter's the businesswoman, would you entrepreneur? How would you describe yeah. yourself? Entrepreneur. Yeah,
1: it's so funny. I have so I have like this weekly little news segment. Which is so funny that I'm I'm like a news correspondent person. Like they come to me. And I remember I told them my business name. And they said to me, they were like, what's like, what's your label? Are you like a director or a founder? And I just wanted to be like, i just gonna be Peter. Like it's so funny. I, I really sometimes struggle to be like, Am I an entrepreneur? Am I a business owner? Because I feel like sometimes it just changes depending on who I'm speaking to and my mood.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I stand corrected. Peter, the person,
1: you know what I mean? Like, it's just sometimes I'm like, what do I call myself? I feel like though, I, I like, okay, if we were to rewind like five years, I feel like this is going to take me 10 minutes to answer your very simple question. So like, if we were to rewind five years, I would say Peter, the entrepreneur, but I feel like right now, cause I am a very single person When I go onto dating profiles and a guy says he's like an entrepreneur, you know, he's selling cryptocurrency and like protein shakes. And I don't want to be in that pool. That's why I change depending on who I'm talking to. Like I am not selling Bitcoin. I don't know if you sell Bitcoin, you trade Bitcoin. I don't want anything to do with the coins, like the digital coins. They're just not my business.
0: Isn't it interesting, though, how, yeah, those labels absolutely hold these connotations like when people ask me what I do, actually, like now that we're breaking this down, <laughs> um, when people ask me what what I do or what I'm about, I don't even know what to say because it's like if I say I'm a psychologist, there's like this complete connotation to that or if I say that I'm a coach or something, it's like people have these assumptions about what <laughs> what it is that it's about and it constantly, it changes over time or who you're speaking to, yeah. Yeah, tr- like tr- totally. I feel like sometimes, uh, yeah, I kind of
1: I kind of will say like I'm in business or I'm a business or not. I, it really, yeah, it depends on the crowd. It depends on how I'm feeling that day as well and what's like happened in my business and mm-hmm. uh, how I want to associate But it is really interesting how we do have these like labels and sometimes if people, you say something, people will want to put you in a box. And I find that that happens a lot in life we want to kind of catalog things and be like, where do you sit? How can I identify you? Like You've mm. given me enough information. Am I going to take you? And I see this happen a lot in the business world. Um, I find especially women in business, like how they refer to themselves, like if they're taken seriously or not. It is one thing I know with talking with my clients because most of them are women. Um, I don't care how anyone ever refers to themselves and the label that they put on it but I'm always really quick to call them out if they're like, my little business, my little mm. side hustle. Like that's like the one thing where I'm like, if I hear you say that, I'm, I'm definitely going to pull you up on that because there's just real different energy around like I'm a business owner compared to my little business
0: or I'm building a little business. Totally. I mean, language is powerful for people to hear that. Like how are people going to, perceive that when you say little business versus business owner, Um, but also like what does that reflect about that person and how they feel about themselves and their business? Yeah,
1: totally, totally. And I think it's, it is really telling and it's something, it's something I used to do a lot when I first started my business. So I, oh my gosh, randomly, my first business I started when I was 14 and it was like an illegal Avon company because I found out you were meant to be like 18 to have an Avon account. Um, but my, my first legitimate business, um, was started when I was like 20 and it was a Pilates studio and it was so funny. I always say, I'm just a Pilates instructor. Yeah. And I had like, like trained, like I was, um, uh, I had like students come and I would like work with a training organization to get them like recognized and work through them to ensure that they were like competent instructors. And I was still calling myself like just a Pilates instructor. And it was one of my clients. I remember the conversation. It was like a Thursday night. She did the 6.30 p.m. Pilates class. Her name was Angela. And Angela said to me, and this was like, this is going back 12 years. And I still remember this. She's like, you're not just a Pilates instructor. Like you're a Pilates instructor. You own a business. You have a thriving business. You have to just ax that word just out of your vocabulary. And I'm so hyper aware now whenever I'm writing stuff with copy, anytime I put the word just, I I cut it out. And I do it so much
0: still to this day. Where do you think the just came from?
1: I don't know, but I've noticed that a lot of people do it. And now that we've had this conversation, you might look at your copy and you be like, shit. And other people will be as well. We kind of will do it as like a little bit of, I think, like a like a maybe like a downplay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not really leaning into what you're like saying you are <laughs> or what you're yeah. wanting to do. Oh. So in that moment. Was that one of those like Oh, what am I even like with that person calling you out like that? I think at the
1: time I was like, Oh, okay. And I kind of was like, Oh yeah, I probably do do that. But it was kind of this thing where it, it snowballed and I would say it in a situation and I would catch myself on it because someone made me really aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it, it's just something that's almost I, it's almost habit. I still say it. I'll still be like, oh, I'm just like I'm I'm just a business consultant or um I just do email at the moment. Like and it's and then I'll catch myself and I'll sit back. So if you ever like <laughs> if, you, if you ever see me in person and I say something and I kind of like sit back in my chair and I'm I'm looking around like I'm having this invisible conversation with fairies, it's me kind of just like <laughs> Doing this, like, little internal monologue,
0: unpacking what I've just said and being
1: like, why did he say that? Where did that come from? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, sometimes it can even be like when you're so used to saying something a certain way, it's like, it's just so automatic that it rolls off your tongue that it's kind of like creating a new new neural pathway (laughs) to say things a different way, even when you're consciously aware of it, it's like, oh, this is the way I've always gone in how I say things or view things. And it's like, now I'm aware of it, being able to kind of like try and carve out a different way of saying things. Totally. I feel like that little hand gesture,
1: like you need to make like a GIF of it and insert that (laughs) into like the, I wish that we could record the little it was this a little, it was like a real will have to do that. Yeah.
0: I'm like. <laughs> so we were talking into the microphone before, like setting up. And I was like, we're just going to get louder and louder. And that's where like the Greek Italian thing came up because I'm like, yeah, because we're just going to get louder and louder as we get excited. The other thing is like, I talk with my. <laughs> I I hold my hands like
1: this, like under the desk. Otherwise I fidget and I tap things and I'll like move around and I'll dance. Like I'm a very, I'm a real wriggly person. Like, you know, those little dogs, like the cute little puppies and you want to pick the puppy up and you go to pick the puppy up and you're like, oh my God, be still. And the puppy is doing all of these things and its legs are flying everywhere. And you're like, do you not have bones? How have you turned (laughs) to jelly? Like, I feel like that's me as a person.
0: Oh, the puppy's excited, just wants to play. <laughs> do, do you think, cause I talk a lot about kind of like my heritage and like my culture and like how that kind of shaped things that I do. Like, is there any of that for you? It's so
1: funny because my, so my dad is Greek, but I, I don't want to say I feel like disconnected from my family, but I have this. I think as I've like grown up and like getting older, so I'm 32 now. I'm like I didn't even know if my parents had a mortgage. Like mm-hmm. it's so funny there were all of these things that we just kind of like never discussed. And I think because so my dad's dad is Greek, and his mother was well, she's French. So they're both his both of his parents have passed. They came to America, and I don't know if they kind of like. I feel like their upbringing was a bit sketchy and they moved around a lot, like a lot. Mm. So, mum even said that dad didn't really talk about, um, like his past a lot, which is such a shame because I feel like then there's this whole side of my heritage that Mm. I just have no idea about. But I noticed that um, because of that and they were quite, like quite poor, they grew up in um, Long Island in New York, Mm. Um, they like, dad had this real, like hustle mentality and he was like, you can do anything. You just need to work for it. And he was Mm. very like entrepreneurial from such like a young age. Yeah. And I think that like, that is something that I have, I guess, like taken from him and I've taken that in my business. Um, of how dad was like, you can do anything. You just like, he was, he tells me some stuff. And I'm I like, when I start my podcast, I want to get him on an episode because I know I will say the most obscene stuff about my father. And I'm, and I'm like, <laughs> I haven't made this up. Like he has told me that he used to do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, All of these just like crazy little things that he did when he was younger, but he was, um, I think exceptionally, like exceptionally, um, entrepreneurial which I've definitely Mm -hmm. taken into what I do now so not so much I think like about like my heritage but I think like with my parents growing up um and this is also something that I see a lot in my clients like we're kind of like a sponge for our parents from our parents and or or our caregivers whoever like is bringing us up yeah and we're like a sponge to what they do and that's really hard like when I see when I'm working with clients and business owners And sometimes it's like this rewiring of values or beliefs that you have Mm -hmm. to have with them to get them to this next kind of level. And I'm even acutely aware of this with me and my business where uh, my dad was in advertising. He had a television and film production company and he would work crazy long hours and he would Mm -hmm. work like a lot and he would never really charge like what he was worth. And it's so funny because sometimes I look at how I do things in business and I'm like, shit, I'm doing the exact same thing. But it's because what I know.
0: It's, like what, you know. it's what you know. what you know. And it's the easiest thing to replicate. Well, it's easy to replicate because it's there. Like it's kind of like, you know, that's what we have in our in our system and in our brain. Yeah. And so even like, yeah, you will gravitate to what has been modelled to you. Absolutely. For better or worse, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, totally. And some of those things can be really amazing. Like, isn't it incredible that you were modeled this like entrepreneurial spirit, you know, and that you can do anything if you put your mind to it. And then there's like the the um like the hustle and the which look, we can talk about hustle because it's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing. <laughs> but um you know, picking up on the other th- ways that maybe you can kind of reflect now and be like, mm, "Is that how I want to do things all the time?" Yeah, T- like totally. And it's really how hard. You, how do you catch yourself? Yeah, it's so mm. it's so wired in us that it takes real. I'm going to do that. I, I yeah, I'm going to need <laughs> gift, right. Of like, <laughs> like, it's me modeling carving because that's what it's like. It's like carving. <laughs> it's really hard to carve it <laughs> for like a new way of doing things. It's like being able to catch it first. Like, how did you, how do you catch that? So
1: I, oh, I've always been really interested in like personal development. I don't know. I don't know why, but I've always loved it. My first ever experience was Anthony Robbins. Mum had these like tapes and I remember stealing them and I would listen to them really late at night, like on the floor. And it would be like the volume would be really down and, my head, like if this was the cassette tape, my head would be like right here. Like it was really, I don't know why I was making this sus. it was like, I was listening to something really lewd. Like, (laughs) it's like, why am I making this really strange? And that kind of like opened the doors for me into just like seeing therapists and having this whole kind of, um, I guess, sense of like discovering myself. And I think in doing that, and I guess like why it's really beneficial working with people like yourself is because I, like it's really hard for us to see things. Sometimes we need that person there to kind of like hold a little bit of a mirror up and be like, hey, that little thing that you just did that you always do, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, oh, shit. And I think because I've got like, oh, my gosh, like 14 years of that under my belt, it's easier for me now, easier. It doesn't mean that I've like solved all this shit and I'm a person mm-hmm. without flaws and problems but it's easy for me to now like just catch something in the moment. And it's why I also will welcome when stuff is happening and it feels like crap. And I feel like I'm kind of going through a little bit of a situation like this in my business at the moment where I'm like, Ugh. like, I kind of have this resistance feeling and it's not resisting. It's like, this is a new level. I have new challenges. This is growth. Mm-hmm. It's very much like there's something happening here and I'm feeling weird about it and I need to just sit and unpack this. And when stuff like that happens, um, as I say to my clients, we are want to approach it with curiosity and not criticism. So we're not going to criticize why anything is happening. We just get very curious. Yeah. And I'll kind of like sit back or journal. Um, something I love to do is walk. I find that stuff gets really clear for me when I'm walking. Uh, that could be like with music. It doesn't need to be like a completely silent walk. Definitely not a podcast walk, but just something like on Spotify that I'm listening to, where stuff will just get really clear for me and stuff will then like it's almost like it like bubbles to the
0: surface. Yeah. And then yeah, I'm like ah. it
1: space to as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like you need to step away. So I call them clarity walks where I need, I need clarity. I have to have some space between what is going on. Um, so I'll, I'll go for a walk and sometimes there'll just be something that will just simmer to the surface. And i will be like, oh my God, is that my parents? That sounds exactly like my father. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, from there, then it's like, if I was working with someone, it's like, I could then take that to them and be like, I find that this is coming up or I have this like pattern that I'm noticing in my life or my thoughts or my business, um, or, I might just kind of sit with it and work it on myself. And I think because I have done like a certain level of work with most stuff, I'm able to kind of just take a step back and be like, "Mm, okay, that's interesting. Sit with it, unpack it a little bit um, and then create a bit of a strategy like around that Mm. and then just see if I can move forward through it. Always acknowledging it. I'm never going to like push shit down with affirmations and be like, let's
0: manifest Mm. our way out of this. (laughs) (laughs) yeah I totally resonate with that (laughs) because there's there is a level of fear around going like stretching yourself and going somewhere that you've never been before yeah like again it's it's like embodying it's embodying a new experience that's outside of the realm Mm. of what you already know or what you've been modeled or where you've been before so that shit is going to feel fucking scary. Like things are going to come up. It doesn't mean that it's not the right choice or like, oh, I think sometimes <sighs> there's value in everything. I guess it depends on how you perceive it. But that whole like fuck no or fuck yes thing, right? It's like if it's a fuck no or a fuck yes, right? It's like sometimes things will feel like a fuck no because it feels really scary actually. Mm. Um, But it's not it doesn't necessarily mean that it's, like the wrong or right decision. I don't think that there's right or wrong. I think that when we label it as right or wrong, then it it makes it, it gives it like this negative connotation that doesn't necessarily it doesn't have to be there. It adds more pressure. I know you were talking about this the other day on socials, kind of like the right decision versus the wrong decision. Oh yeah. <laughs> and hearing that. And I was like, yes, because I'm constantly like if anyone says to me right or wrong, it's like, what like if you were to take away right or wrong, what would it be? Like what would it be? It would be a decision.
1: Yeah. And as Brooke, I I love the Life Coach School podcast by Brooke Castillo. And she's like, everything is actually neutral. It's mm-hmm. it's our thoughts and our feelings about that that will then shape the actions around it. And it's um It's something that I notice a lot. I'm going to say in like newbie entrepreneurs, this real reluctance of decision-making. And it's so funny. I'm like, just make a decision. And I laugh a lot because it's stuff that I used to do when I first started my business. And I would do a pros and cons list. I would ask my mother. I would put something on Facebook. I would have a group chat and I would ask people and I would go to Google and I would sit and I would meditate and I would pull cards And this might be the most ridiculous decision. Like, do I want the logo to be a shade darker? (laughs) Like in in the scheme of things, it's like, that's not even really a thing. And it's so funny because I, like, there have been a couple of times when I've had an idea and everyone is like, yes, do it. It's amazing. And it's still taken me ages to action it. And then it's flopped. And I'm like, oh my God, I thought I made the right decision where it's like, well, there's no right or wrong. It's just, it's just life. Like we can't ever dictate an outcome. It's Mm. the only thing that we really have control over is I guess our decisions and then how we react to something and what we make something mean when it actually happens.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: Yeah. And that's just something that I see a lot is just this indecisiveness and and looking at a wrong decision and a bad decision. It's like good and bad. And it's like, well, there's, there are neither, there are just decisions. And then what we actually make them mean. Um, and, and a lot of it, And I think something that does really like push people into their next stage of growth, and this is something that they have to cultivate, like this is a really good entrepreneurial skill, and I know this is something that you teach, it is cultivating that inner knowing and cultivating that like I have this real gut feeling and I feel comfortable to kind of trust my gut Mm. in that decision-making. And it's like if you can get that down pat, that's when I see like people's businesses completely soar and stuff change. Mm. because they are relying on that gut feeling for that decision-making
0: yeah and also I guess yeah recognizing when because the decision-making sometimes like there can be almost like a yeah but this yeah but that yeah but this yeah but that in kind of like oscillating between a few different a few different decisions um or like choices and all, like that kind of dance that keeps you in a bit of a circular loop in, in its own ways is keeping you safe from something that you're fearful of. It's kind of like, well, this is kind of a, a, almost like a protective little bubble of like, well, if I don't need to make a decision, if I don't make a decision, then, you know, I don't need to face the potential of a lot of people fear failure or losing money or that there's usually something underneath that that is supporting them. Like this is actually a bit of a protective bubble, like that kind of, yeah, but this, yeah, but that, that it's like, well, that inner knowing is underneath that. But if you've got ways to acknowledge the, like the fear of actually stepping into that space and kind of like acknowledge that and soothe that down, then actually that inner knowing can become clearer for you as well.
1: Totally, totally, and I think on that fear thing as well, that's something that I so funny. I'm like, I feared fear, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did like I was really I wanted to get everything right, mm. and I had to kind of sit and unpack like what that like what that meant and why that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was part of me like I'm a recovering perfectionist. Like I don't even care if there's a typo in something now um I'm so okay with typos I feel like if the worst thing that happens to you in a day is you've made a typo you're like really lucky yeah if you got yeah. a good life <laughs> um but I think a lot of my um it, it's so funny because I feel like a lot of my fear stuff was very money-based like I would fear making the wrong decision because I would tie a bad decision to costing me money mm-hmm like if I'm going to get a website and I make a bad choice and I don't like it or I hire someone and I, I don't like their work, I've lost money. Mm-hmm. But then it's so interesting because I can I can take that and there's this like little t- like tether back to my parents and back to like their beliefs because mm. both of them grew up with not a lot of money, especially like my dad. Yeah. And how he was like, you know, you need to like be wise. You need to make like really good decisions I love my parents, but having like a New Yorker father, he was like, everyone is going to scam you. Like it was, you're going to be scammed, robbed or carjacked. And it's yeah. <laughs> even now those, those three things still, I still hear them come up in my father's voice if I pay attention to it. long Yeah,
0: enough. yeah. for me, it was um, like, I love my parents too, right? But yeah, no, like not much money. Um, that whole, I can't afford it. Like, I can't afford it. We can't afford it. We can't afford it over and over and over again. That, yeah, when it comes to, like, spending money for my business that is an investment, whether it's in me or what or anything really, a new pair of shoes, you know, it's like, oh, you can't afford that. And when I started to unpack that, because, again, it's so automatic that you just believe it. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't. And it's like, hold on. Let's just let's just check the budget let's just actually look at the facts of the moment and remind yourself that it's okay to spend this like I don't know 50 bucks on lunch you know it's it's so incredible how much power these things can have if they kind of just left without some curiosity where did what what is that about you know yeah actually (laughs)
1: Yeah. And but it happens, it's so funny because it happens in life. And I see this happen in business as well. All the time. Like both of them. Yeah. And how if it's really funny if people focus on their self-development, if they focus on like discovering stuff about themselves, how that will impact and improve their business. But then vice versa, that if you work with someone on their business stuff. Then they're like, "Oh shit, look at all this life shit that's also really related to this business stuff as well." Isn't this funny?
0: This tether. How did that happen? Yeah, well, I guess it's it's kind of one and the same in a way, right? Cuz it's like your business is a part of who you are. Yeah. And influenced mm-hmm. by all yeah, so it's yeah, it is so tethered. Yeah, especially I think if you've got like a
1: um or like a personal brand, or like you're mm-hmm. like a, a sole trader, yeah. Like your business is like, I feel like I'm getting woo woo. Your business is like part, like it is part of you. But one thing, what I will say, I like to get to a point where it's like my business. I'm like, oh, it's part of me. And then I, I don't even know when I do it, but I get to this point where I feel like I've gotten it out of me, and then I make my business my best friend.
0: Yeah, my business
1: isn't part of me. My business is my best friend. Because I know with my best friend, I always will approach something from a place of love. Like I'm never going to just like shoot her down because I love that bitch. I think she's amazing. I'd get her face tattooed on my ass. <laughs> but you can see stuff about your friends sometimes and you can say something in a really like loving way. Like I think if anything, which is really quite, I, like I hate that we do this because I know I do it with myself. Yeah. I can speak to my best friend a lot more lovingly than I'll ever talk to myself. Yeah, that can be really helpful with the business to see it as like, yes, it's part of me, but then to visualize it being a little bit separate, but still like my bestie. Yeah, um, where it makes it easier to kind of look at things a little bit more objectively, and Mm -hmm. then give advice around.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that business bestie. (laughs) So tell tell us a bit about professional babe then. Tell us about the business. How's about the business? Business growing up.
1: <laughs> well, it's so funny. So, professional babe actually started as a joke. Like the name started as a joke. Not like what I'm doing. I'm like, let's make this joke business and scam people. Like it's not. <laughs> it's not that. But um, I was on the phone to my web designer, and I think he was testing something. I had to be like on the phone with him, and he. I think I was shooting around like really bad business names. I think that's how it happened. This was like back in 2013 or 14. So It was a while ago. And um, I said, professional babe, because that's what I used to call myself when I would do modeling because I hated saying I was a model because everyone would be like, who do you model for? And no model just models specifically for one company. And it was just the most bullshit question that I would be like, I'm a professional babe. And then people would be like, what do you do? I'm like, I get paid to look pretty. Um, so it kind of just, this started as a joke. And then my web designer was like, it's actually a really good name. Like I would park that, like just come back to it.
0: Mm.
1: And then, so the first, so what I'm actually doing now is I guess kind of like the second iteration of Professional Babe. The first one started because um, like my background was Pilates and health. I had a Pilates studio. as a health writer for magazines, had a Pilates DVD. And I wanted to just talk about stuff that wasn't health. I love to talk about like photo shoots and makeup and design and fashion Mm. so it started out as like a like a blog and it was really successful like I've been flown to France for free as a beauty writer which was the most oh wow yeah I went to like Cannes for the day via helicopter for lunch like it was it was brilliant but um then I just, it's so funny because I got to this point and I'm like, ugh, like I loved it, but then I hated it. But then I noticed that actually what was holding me back was this tether, was my Pilates studio. So yeah. I actually sold my Pilates studio at the height of its business when it was most successful, which shocked everyone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, but I just was, it, it was this weird feeling of I wanted, it's like, this is going to sound really morbid. I just wanted to drive my car into a brick wall if I was going to have to keep doing the same shit every single day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I get it. How did you, because if everyone around you is like, what are you doing? How did you hold on to what you wanted to do? Because that can be really. It was hard. That can be really hard for people. It's like when everyone else is saying, what, are you crazy? It's like, am I crazy? You know, (laughs)
1: like. Yeah. It was really, it was really challenging. Like I think why it was challenging is because like the beauty stuff and professional babe like 1.0. And I feel like I'm I'm gonna get into talking to what I'm doing now, but I feel like to say what I'm doing now, I have to go like right back to the history. start. Yeah. <laughs> um I what I was doing was going really well. Like this was oh, it's so funny because I look back, I'm like, I was an influencer. Um, but <laughs> It was like working with beauty brands and I would pitch them ideas into a proposal. We'd organize photo shoots. Like I've worked with some really like incredible brands and I loved it and I craved it. And I feel like it's so funny because what I craved was I craved being able to do something different and just dress up and to um like I love beautiful things and I wanted to travel and I loved the Pilates studio but what made that business so successful was being like rigid like I knew the classes were booked six months ahead of time like I had a wait list for months Uh, like I had school holidays off and I feel like I built that business to have a really good work-life balance but it was in my country town of Maitland there's not much there it's like mm. a, it's a tiny little place. And I'd had this situation approaching where I'd put the business on the market for two years. I had three sales fall through, which was wow. It was really, that was over 18 months. I was just mm-hmm. so stressed. And um, I ended up selling the business to my mom, not for a lot of money because I just kind of wanted to, to, to get rid of it energetically. But mm. the place where we were, the lease was coming up for renewal. And my landlord had put my friend's rent up around the corner an obscene amount. So I then had the decision, okay, I'm going to re-sign a lease and he's probably going to double my rent. I'm not prepared to pay like five grand a month in Maitland on rent. Or I could move the studio a third time and renovate and sign a lease. And I just wasn't prepared to do anything. Like Everything in my body was like, oh, my God, yuck. Like yeah. I was so... I was stressed and I was unhappy and I could tell that I was because it was like I would show up to work and I would be fine at work but there would be all of these little tells in my like day-to-day life that I was really unhappy like I had hectic insomnia I would like just tune out on like tv I would eat like crap food and nothing there's anything wrong with any of that but I feel sometimes if that's not like, I'm not the kind of person to sit down and watch TV. So if I'm like wasting my whole evening on binging something, mm. it's because I just need to kind of like get away. So I always knew that I wanted to take the leap. And when I announced it at my studio, I had my clients crying. Like that last term of my studio was actually, it was horrible. Like, it was really, it was, oh my God, it was so horrible. Like you think everything's going to be exciting. It was horrible. And I was actually going to be, um, uh, I was going to be working with a, and I, I, do, I don't want to say them, but it's like a big shopping center brand. Mm. Imagine like the big shopping center brands. I was going to be doing work for them and it was going to be a monthly retainer. Really great. They were like, yep, pricing is amazing. I had some client work to go to. So I was pretty much going to be finishing my business. And I, I had paid work because I'm anal, retentive, Virgo. Everything has to be organized. <laughs> and within three days of my, my business officially being sold in my last classes, every single contract that I had organized fell through, every single one of them. Like everything that I had planned and all of this work and all of this money that I was going to fell through. And it's so funny, and I know we kind of had this little conversation before we started recording, It all fell through. And I haven't changed as a person. And it's so funny because if we rewind, I was actually quite tame online back then. But um, they were like, we can't work with you because you're not family friendly and you're not professional. And I then kind of had this weird thing happen where I was like, holy fuck, I can't change me because you don't like me. Like this has gotten to a point now where you're working with a person and you're like not cool on the person and I'm not willing to change myself to make money. And it it was so funny because I remember at the time I had a business mentor Mm -hmm. and I messaged her and I'm like, oh my God, this has just happened. And I, oh, I, it's so funny because I remember hearing her advice and I thought in my mind, I'm never going to tell a client this ever. And she was like, babe, I don't know what to tell you maybe you are, and you're just going to have to make a business decision and see like what you want to do in the future. And it's so funny because I would never tell a client to change themselves to make money because I think Hold on, that is, in maybe you are like, maybe you are not family friendly or yeah. But. Yeah. And it's, I would never, if a client came to me and they're like, I need to change part of me to make money. I would be like, tell them to get fucked. And let's yeah. like, look over here. Like that's, it's really like not cool. And Then I went into this spiral. I literally sold my business that was so profitable and I'm like, oh my God, I have no money. (laughs) And then that version of professional babe just slowly started to change I became a sex and dating writer, which I was kind of doing at the time. And everything was under this banner. And then it was last year where it's really funny. I feel like Throughout my whole entrepreneurial life, people always came to me for business advice. They would ask questions. They'd be like, I need some help with this. I'm having a staffing problem. Um, Can you write copy? Can you write my website? Like they would always ask these different things, like all of these little crumbs when I look back, um, or people would be like, can I pay to sit down with you for an hour? I need some consulting advice. And I'd be like, oh yeah, sure. I don't really know what I'm doing, but (laughs) like, yeah, let's do this. And I would give them advice. And they're like, oh my God, that thing that you told me to do, it literally has made me five grand." And I'm like, oh, that's really awesome. And um, it was about, oh, when was it? January of 2020, where everything kind of just became very clear for me that I'm like, fuck it. I, I, I worked out that I, again, I wanted a business that I could travel with, that I wasn't locked into anything. Mm-hmm. I looked at all of the stuff that felt really murky and then everything that felt really good. And then it kind of just made sense. And I'm like, I fucking love helping people make money. Like, it feels so good. And I love when I can do it and I can show up my way because these people kept saying to me, We want to work with you. We're coming to you because we really like you and we like your approach. We like that you're no bullshit. You're a real person. You're not going to like fuck us around. You're not going to tell us to do anything wanky. If you think something shit, you're going to be like, that's terrible. Mm. Um, <laughs> but everything is coming from this really great place. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just try this and see. Like, let's just make a decision and go in. And mm. it just, it just worked really well. And what I'm doing now has kind of evolved from that. So it started with a membership. Isn't it funny? You ask me a question. What do you do? It's like 25 minutes later. It's like that little Uh SpongeBob thing, you know, it's like 25 minutes later where it comes up that little, yeah, it's that, (laughs) um, it started with a membership and it's just kind of like grown and evolved from there to like, do like one-to-one coaching and consulting. And now I have this like nice little niche of email marketing, which I fucking love. And I love it, Laura. Do you know why I love it? Why do you love it,
0: (laughs) Peter? Tell me. (laughs) I can ask you a question.
1: Tell <laughs> <why do> you... <laughs> because I feel like a lot of business owners and I look back to my former self and I was really tethered to my business and I see a lot of business owners create this like tether and email is such an amazing way to automate and scale so you actually can step away from your fucking computer and your yeah. life, sorry, your fucking computer and your business and actually have a life. Yeah. So that's what I, love,
0: I do. I love that for me, right? This is why <laughs> I went here. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, I I work with Peter, and what drew me to her was that, yeah, she's no bullshit. She's an actual person, and she's not pretending to be this kind of like professional archetype of what you're like, inverted commas, like supposed to be as like a marketing person. Like, what the fuck is that anyway? And I think. You know, you posed that to me at one point in time because I was, I think, when you when you kind of get churned out of a clinical psychology master's, it's like you're told that you have to be this way. It's like you've got to be this, like, professional person who doesn't really have a personality, who needs to wear, like, dark, muted colours, like, because you don't want the other person to think that you, like, have a fucking personality. <laughs> and... At the end of the day, it's incredible actually that they teach you that and yet like 70% of like anything is the relationship, is being able to relate with someone and to be like, oh, that's a human that I really connect with because I can see that they do things that I think are funny or great or interesting and that people will vibe on that and people will vibe on you like actually fucking loving what you're doing as well. Like when you talk about email or anything like that, I can see it's like your whole face lights up and you're like, oh, I have so much information to give. Let me just like tell you all the things and I love that. I love that excitement.
1: I know who thought that email would be so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) It's so the professional conversation, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because it's something, yeah, I remember, I remember the conversation that we had. I think you said something and I'm
0: like, what is professional anyway? Mm. And you were like, Oh shit. Yeah, it was like a mic drop moment. Because yeah, I had all these ideas of what I had to be as a professional in like in the industry and that's what you're fed like that's what you're told um that's what I was told anyway like and yeah you kind of I believed it I was kind of like spoon fed this stuff that it was like okay I have to kind of like dress like this and be like that but it always went against who I am as a person it's like I like to wear color and I'm someone who's Pretty laid back and casual and like I can't pretend like I remember showing up to clinic and like these pants suity things that I felt so uncomfortable in. <laughs> I like, can't imagine me. you in a pantsuit. It's like this isn't me, actually. Like I'm here, like please like tell me all your problems, but like this isn't me. Like how inauthentic is that <laughs> to show up like that? Yeah. Um but yeah, I feel like I don't know, do, do people that you work with like in have an idea of what professional is for them that kind of gets in the way sometimes as well? Is this kind of like a common thing or? Oh, my God, it's so common. Mm. Like it's really, it's really common. And I
1: think, I think a lot of the time it could be like cultural, like people feel like they need to be this particular, um, this, this particular way from like their family. Mm. Um, and I also see it if people have come from like a corporate setting and they feel that they need to kind of act a particular way. Mm. Um, and I'm just so not here for that. Uh, uh, oh, I think a lot of people hate him. I don't know why I really like him. Gary Vee. I really love Gary Vee. Like, I think he's a great guy. I know a lot of people are like, oh, but his hustle and his this. And I'm like, oh, just take from him what you want. But the most impactful thing that he said was I I think I was like watching this little interview or something about him talking on YouTube and his agent messaged him and he was like, Gary, we would get you so many more speaking gigs and presentations if you didn't swear. And he wrote back to the email and he was like, fuck you, motherfucker. And I think he sacked him. And then he was like, because he told this story and then he's like, and then he said, I'm willing to deal with the ramifications of being me. Mm. And I loved that. Because he wasn't like, I'm a business, like, because he's essentially a business and marketing strategist, consultant. He doesn't feel like he has to be professional. He wears like jeans and he wears sneakers to work and like pullover shirts, like (laughs) t-shirts, sorry, t-shirts. And (laughs) he's not professional. He just kind of like does business his own way. And I think for me, like that was a really good expander of looking and being like, wow, this is probably one of the most successful business consultants in the world who just mm. does shit his own way. Um, and now I question everything because I think a lot of the time it's like we fall into the trap of we're doing it this way because this is how it's done. And it's like, well, who fucking decided what professional was? Yeah, like, if back, yeah. Yeah, like back in the day if we scroll back and someone was like, it's professional to have like your boobs out at work. Mm. <laughs> do you know what I mean like yeah. like who decided on this like if I wear a suit and it's it's head, it's like it's animal print suit because I love my animal print well people be like that's not professional and it's like but how is it not professional like it's a suit it's in neutral colors they're just making a pattern like it's yeah. so funny when you question it people really can't they 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 can't really give you a proper reason of what they think is professional or not And it's something that I encourage a lot of business owners to just ask themselves, like, what is their definition of professional? Mm. Because quite often we just think it's the word and we'll have this maybe like a visual come to mind of like a person in like, yes, a gray suit with their hair pulled back. And they don't swear and they have this nice little smile and they do like a little head nod and they use manners. Where for me, like professional is, if I say I'm going to do something for a client, like it's going to get done. Like I really stand by my word, I keep my word, I keep a commitment.
0: Mm.
1: Um, I'm not
0: focused on how you look, like no,
1: how
0: you actually present yourself.
1: No, like it's really like I'm big on work ethic.
0: Mm. I'm big
1: on communication. Like when I'm bored out, so I have a course called Give Good Email. And I kind of underestimated the amount of hours that went into creating (laughs) it. Like, it's so funny. I thought, I'm going to nut this out in like two weeks. And one of the modules took me like probably 80 hours to do and there's eight modules. I'm like, shit, man. And I sat down and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get this delivered by this particular date. Like, I just knew it. I knew I could, but it would be rat shit. And I'm not ever putting my name on something that I'm, like, I'm happy to do B minus work, but if this is like, really substandard absolutely not so I sat down and I'm like what would Peter do because I'm talking to myself because I'm a one-woman show and I'm like communicate say what's happened apologize and then say what we're doing to remedy the situation and what they can expect moving forward and I'm like that was professional and I didn't say that I know that sounds like very clinical but it was like hey guys I am really behind because there's so much work in here. And funny me thought that I was going to get this done a lot quicker. And I've also flown into Maitland, which is a low-key disaster zone. And they've <laughs> shut the airport. And I'm stuck here. And my mom's power is intermittently going in and out. And my anxiety is peaking. and It's awful. I apologize about this. You've got Mm. four modules in here. You've got four that's coming. They're going to drop soon because of this. And I understand that you're so keen on the work. You're going to get two extra calls that are going to drop. And I'm going to communicate everything as it's happening. If you have questions, concerns, or anything that's coming up, you can DM me on Instagram. You can hit reply. I've also given you access to my copy course as well because I know heaps of you are keen to um, focus on copy thank you so much for being understanding you're a bunch of rad humans and I love you like it was something like that where it's like I had my little professional way of doing it but then I pedified it like it was yeah. Peter
0: language yeah and you well you gave them context as well so they were able to understand what was going on versus what I see people doing is <laughs> like when there's something that's difficult you or people avoid it and it's like I'm just going to pretend that that's over there. It doesn't even exist. And then people get upset because it's like, hello, knock, knock, where are you? Oh, my God, run
1: towards it. Like, I love, I love running towards it. I know you voxed me and I I think I forgot to answer it. I think I must have seen it and I was out doing something with mom and then you message me. And I'm like, oh, shit, I am actually really apologetic about that, where I could have just ignored you and be like, oh, my gosh. I haven't written back to Laura and I'm fucking embarrassed. And I'm like, I'm going to lead into that. Like, yes, I left you unread. And I apologise <laughs> about that. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: let's just be honest about it. And then, I like, yeah, because it's like the tendency can be, I think, yeah, and that's where, like, that fear, it's kind of like we either want to, like, fight the thing or run away from the thing if it's scary. Hmm. It's like, oh, shit. But if you provide context, like, people understand. People are going to understand. It's okay. And if they don't, do you want to be working with people like that anyway, you know? Yeah, totally. Like
1: I think in my mind, um, I think I used to do this because at first that's really scary. Like I'm like, ah, what if like, ah, like there's a bear, like it's scary. Yeah. So what I what I did was I would take things like all the way and I'd be like, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then would I be prepared to deal with that? Yeah. So it's like if I, okay, let's just, I didn't do this with your situation, but let's just pretend that, I took this all the way and I'm like, Laura's so angry at me. She wants a refund of every single dollar that I've paid her. And then I would be like, well, would that happen? How would I remedy this situation? Maybe I would give her a partial refund. Maybe I'd be like, I'm so sorry that I missed, I missed your four boxes. Um, (laughs) I will give you an extra session and let's extend this by a week. Like that doesn't normally happen. Like it's, I would kind of like take it all the way. So then it's like, I feel like this is my anxiety also coming into play here. but it's like I'm gonna think of you know those choose your own adventure books. It's like mm-hmm. I preempt I preempt every adventure. Like what yeah. adventure is Laura gonna throw like a spear at me and I'm gonna die, or is she, am I gonna pick the one where Laura's like, yeah man, that's cool, like you're fine. (laughs) But
0: what's amazing about that is that, yeah, like there are, there are actually multiple adventures. There's not just one, which is the worst case scenario that like your system just like assumes to like, you know, have you prepared? It's like, no, there's actually other like, and if the worst case was going to happen, like how bad would that be? Like, how would you work with that? Totally, and this is
1: probably going to scare people, but I feel like the worst things that have ever happened to me in business have always been a surprise. They've yeah. never been the email that I've been avoiding. It's never been something that's come up that's been uncomfortable. It's always been something that's just kind of happened that's completely been out of my control that surprised me.
0: And then yeah, I just have absolutely. to deal with it. Yeah. And then you do, you do just deal with it because you you have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh I feel like we could actually talk for ages but um (laughs) let's I know we could keep talking I know we could actually but I might um I might say Peter how can people find you how can people find your things and fondle your goods I love Instagram Mm
1: -hmm. I love Instagram so much so I have two accounts I have my personal account which is at Peter Sarah's I sometimes post business stuff there. I feel like it's just like a very mashup of how I'm feeling. Sometimes it's, here's my eyeliner and doesn't it look great today. And other times it will be a rant about, I don't know, a guy that I passed on the street that looked at me Mm -hmm. the wrong way that will inspire this monologue, the 15 Insta stories. (laughs) So if you want to follow the personal stuff, you can find me there. But then I have my business Instagram, which is at Professional Babe. Of course, I also give good email. So if you head to the link in my bio, you'll also find um, a couple of just like little freebies and different resources as well, especially if you want to up your email game. I like I got you. I got you. Um, (laughs) And I haven't done it yet, but (laughs) I'm going to be taking like my business on TikTok so I have a personal Ooh. TikTok, which is maybe don't go there. My first video was me making my boobs dance because I, <laughs> I really studied the platform and I was like, what's going to make me viral? And I, it, my video did actually really well. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to have a business, like a business account of App Professional Bay because I'm a huge fan of TikTok. I love it. It's so, it makes me feel light and happy. Mm. It just does something to me. Yeah. It like recalibrates me that app.
0: I I love. I actually had to. I had to like delete it to kind of like. I'm just gonna like spend too much time on this because it is. There's so much joy in it. Like there's so much just joyful. Like it gives people an opportunity to be creative and like have fun. Yeah. And seeing people do that is just like it's so fun to watch. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it's cup filling. So
1: I'm like, yeah. I want to be on there. I want. I want my business to be part of this. So depending on when this comes out, at Professional Babe on TikTok, but pretty much at Professional Babe. Anywhere Professional Babe, I will I will be fondling. There'll be something. You type it in the, in the platform, I will be there.
0: I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you for having me. I've loved yeah. this. I love this
0: for me. We'll see you soon. I love this for us. I love this for us too. <laughs> Okay, take care, love. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. I so appreciate your time. If what we spoke about in this episode is totally your jam, please subscribe so you don't miss out on the epic conversations that are to come. If you'd like to know more about me or ways we can continue to play, head on over to laurarizzuto.com or you can check me out on my Insta at laurarizzuto underscore. It's also where you can sign up to the waitlist for my online mentorship, What Happens in Vegas, where we get to deep dive into learning the language of your nervous system safely to embody the life that you want. Apart from that, I will catch you in the next episode. Much love and speak soon.